Welcome to the Miracle Channel podcast. Every week, you'll hear powerful messages from world-renowned pastors that air on Miracle Channel, Canada's 24-7 Christian TV station. And if you want to watch more of their messages anytime you want, check out our online streaming service, Corco Plus. Follow the link in our show notes to create a free account in three simple steps. Today on the podcast, you'll hear a message from Creflo Dollar. Creflo is the founder and senior pastor of World Changers Church International. Every week, he speaks to thousands of people sharing the good news of Jesus. Creflo is a much sought after conference speaker known for his practical approach to the Bible. You can watch Creflo Dollar on Changing Your World Sundays at 8.30 a.m. Mountain Time on Miracle Channel. Let's dive into the message. You hear people talk about worship service and somehow we reduce worship to just a song or the speed of the song or the lifting up of hands and we call that worship. And yet, ladies and gentlemen, it is not complete without giving. In fact, it's not genuine worship. And as you see these scriptures today, I pray that it will bring you closer and closer to your heavenly Father that you will experience a level of intimacy between you and God like you've not known before. Amen? Amen. Let me reestablish our foundation and we'll get started here this morning. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. Let's read verse 13 out loud together. Ready? Read. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on the tree. Now look at this in verse 13 for a moment. It's important to understand, Christ has redeemed us. The word redeemed means to deliver, but it means to deliver by a ransom that's paid. So imagine someone who was kidnapped and they're demanding ransom in order for you to obtain your freedom. You see, we were in bondage to the law and we were not able to keep 613 of those laws. And the, and the consequences were that you would die. You would be cursed for not being able to keep 613 of the laws. So Christ has paid the ransom so that we can go free from the curse of not being able to keep the law. Does everybody understand that? Do you or don't you? Yeah, talk to me. We'll be, we'll be out of here quick. Sit down, look at me, and I think I need to use 10 more examples. Amen. <laughs> All right. So Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Do you understand that statement? Say amen. amen. Somebody just keep on going, Pastor. We don't want no ten. He said, being made a curse for us. So Jesus did it by being made a curse for us, for it is written that cursed is everyone that hangs on the tree. So Jesus took on the curse for us and paid a ransom so we can go free. It was like he took our place and now you can go free. Well, why did he do this? Verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. So the Bible says he paid a ransom so we can go free, so we're not going to be cursed, and he did all of that so that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentile. Now, if you're not Jewish, then you would be under the Gentile class. That means non-Jew. And so the blessing of Abraham 
can now come on you. Before, it would only be made available to Jewish people because of the blood type. But now that you're in Christ, praise God, that the blessing is now made available to all who are in Christ. So I want you to say out loud, I have the blessing of Abraham. I have the blessing of Abraham. All right, now this is an important question. How do you get the blessing of Abraham according to this verse of Scripture? He says, we got it through who? We got the blessing through who? So it's through Jesus that we get the blessing. In the Old Covenant, Deuteronomy 28, he says, you're blessed if you do. So you have to do something under the law to get the blessing. You have to qualify under the law to get the blessing. But under the covenant of grace, by believing Jesus Christ and receiving him into your life, you get blessed. Not because of your performance, your self-effort, but you get blessed because of your belief in Jesus Christ. So how many of you believe in Jesus Christ this morning? Amen. So that's enough. He says you're blessed because you believe in Jesus Christ. Say out loud, I have the blessing of Abraham because I have Jesus. And he says, now that you have the blessing of Abraham through Jesus Christ, that you will receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So is there, there is a promise of the Spirit that has been given to everyone who believe in Jesus Christ, everyone who now has the blessing of Abraham. Now move on down Galatians 3 verse 29. We now know we have the blessing of Abraham. What else does the Bible reveal to us about ourselves now that we believe in Jesus Christ? Galatians 3 and verse 29, he says, and if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So how many of you say you, 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 you believe in Jesus Christ? All right, so according to this verse, you're Abraham's seed. So verse 14 says you have the blessing of Abraham. Galatians 3.29 says you're Abraham's seed. Glory be to God. So say out loud, I have the blessing of Abraham. And I'm Abraham's seed. Now, now that you're Abraham's seed, that makes you a part of the family, amen. Not because you have the same blood, but you're in Christ and you're Abraham's seed. Now, what does this make you? This makes you an heir. An heir is somebody that has an inheritance. An heir is somebody that's got something coming. So now that you, have, you are Abraham's seed, you have the blessing of Abraham, you are an heir, which means you have an inheritance according to what God promised. So now, blessing of Abraham, now seed of Abraham, let's go see what the promise is. Go to the book of Romans chapter 4, 13. The book of Romans chapter 4 and verse 13. Now, Romans 4, 13, he says, for the promise, well, what is that promise? That he should be the heir of the world. So God promised Abraham, he said, Abraham, you are going to be the heir of the world. Now, that promise is now made available to all who are in Christ. Now that you're in Christ, you have a right to inherit all, that, all that's in this earth. You have a right to inherit the promises. You have a right to inherit the privileges. You have a right to all of the earth's goods, all of the endowments, all of its riches, all of its advantages, all of its pleasures. You have a right to it all as a seed of Abraham with the blessing of Abraham, an heir to the promise. You have a right to all of the riches, the pleasures, 
the advantages of this world. Now, that may be big for some people, but that means that in this world, you should be successful. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, notice what he says about the promise. For the promise that he should be heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law. What does that mean? That means if you try to do something to deserve the promise, that's going to be the number one reason why you're never going to get the promise. He says he did not make this promise to you through the law, but he made this promise through the righteousness of faith. So the reason why a lot of Christian people are not walking in greater blessings or not walking in the promised blessing is because they keep trying to do something to deserve it. Under the law, you've got to do something to deserve it. What is it that you're continuing to do to try to deserve what God wants to gift to you? What is it that you keep doing that God has already said this is yours if you believe it and you're still trying to do something to deserve it? You've got to look at your life. Are you the kind of Christian that's continuing to try to do something in order to get something, to do something, to try to deserve it? Well, I need to pray longer, then I'll deserve it. Well, I need to be nicer, then I'll deserve it. Well, maybe I need to give some more gifts away, then I'll deserve it. No, God says this is a free gift, and I want you to believe it enough to receive it and stop trying to deserve it. The reason why you won't walk in the blessing is because you keep trying to deserve it. I have it because what? I believe it. If you understand that, say amen. amen. Notice what he said in verse 14. He says, for if they which are of the law be heirs, he says, your faith is made void and the promise is made of none effect. So he says, if you're trying to do this by your own effort, if they which are of the law be heirs and you're trying to inherit it through your own efforts, then your faith is made void and the promise is made of none effect. Why? Look at verse 15. Because the law worketh wrath, for where no law is, there is no transgression. Look at the next verse and then we'll go. Therefore, it is of what? Faith that it might be by what? Grace. To the end, what happens? The promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also, which is of what? The faith of Abraham. So here's what we have, ladies and gentlemen. God has presented us a gift, and that gift is called the blessing. The blessing of God is available to the seed of Abraham. Why don't Christians walk in the blessing? Because they keep trying to do something to deserve it rather than, oh God, it's a gift, I receive it. Now, what happens when you try to earn a gift? It's no longer a gift. God intends on it being a gift. So by faith, you say, I take it, Lord. By faith, you say, I receive it, Lord. By faith, you say, Lord, the blessing is mine by faith without me having to do something to earn it. Does everybody understand that? Now, if that's the case, then why give? If that's the case, because all my life I heard you give in order to get blessed. And it, and, it, and it did give the sense of I've got to give, kind of like I got to buy the blessing in order to have it, so I exchange money for the blessing. If you've got to do anything to deserve the blessing, that goes against everything I just said to you, everything I just taught you. 
but then what is the purpose of giving? What is the purpose of passing the buckets and the collection plates at the church? Because God certainly doesn't need your money. So what's the reason? Why, why do you give? I was told you give to get. Well, that would make giving a quid pro quo. That would make giving, in order for God to do something, you got to scratch his back in order for him to scratch your back. Is that what we're saying? Is that what we've been saying all this time? Yeah, we probably have, but we're bringing correction now to that. The blessing is already made available. I don't have to give to get what's already a gift. So why give? Because you know this is going to be coming against everything we've ever heard. Why give? What is God's purpose for giving? Now, I'm not telling you that you're not going to get your harvest. I'm not telling you as long as the earth remains, seed time, the harvest doesn't remain. I'm telling you that the motivation behind your giving has been wrong. Your giving has been motivated by your getting. You thought, I have to give to get blessed, and I am saying you give because you're already blessed. You don't give to get blessed. You give because you're blessed. Amen. Are y'all listening to me? You're giving because you're already blessed and you're thanking God and worshiping God and praising God and showing gratitude to God that you're already blessed. So you're taking the money that you have in your life and you're saying, I'm going to show this, I'm going to present this to God as, as a worship, as a thanksgiving. I'm not giving this money to get blessed. I'm giving this money because I'm already blessed. And the reason why it's money is because it represents my time, my labor, my harvest. It represents, uh, most of you spend eight, nine, ten hours a day working to get a check, but it was God that allowed you to be able to work to get a check to inhale and exhale. You still think it was you, but it was God that gives you the ability to do it. All good things come from God. When are we going to thank him, worship him, and show gratitude? for what he's enabled us to do on this earth. I submit to you this morning, now I'm ready to preach, <laughs> that giving is an act of worship. It is not a quid pro quo. It is an act of worship. The Bible makes it very clear in a couple of cases here, let's look at some real quick and then I'll be ready. Psalms 96, verses 6 through 9, it makes it very clear. You know, and, and I'm going to show you, those of you who are thinking, why would the Almighty God need our money? He doesn't. Get that out your head. Can I talk like Carly Paul? He don't need your money. <laughs> uh-uh. He wants to see who's going to pass the heart test to say, I am here to worship you, God. I am here to worship you because I thank you for what you already done. And besides, I am giving to you what came from you in the first place. Amen. All things come of thee, O Lord, and of thine own have I given thee. Look what he says in verse 6. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Verse 7. Give unto the Lord, O ye kindreds of the people. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Verse 8. Give unto the Lord the glory that is due to his what? Name, colon, bring an offering. Whoa. 
Give unto the Lord glory due to his name. How do you do that? Colon, I'm going to tell you how. Bring an offering. What do you do with the offering? Come into the court. Well, what do you do once you get into court? Worship the Lord and the beauty of his holiness. Fear before him in all the earth. Right here, he said, the purpose for you coming in the court with an offering in your hand is to worship the Lord, not to give so you can get the blessing. See, we've been trained that it's necessary for us to give in order to get blessed. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 7. Look what he says. Every man according as he's purposed in his heart, so let him what? Give how? As you've purposed in your heart. He said not grudgingly. When, you, when something is done grudgingly, that means you're unwilling to do it. He says don't give grudgingly or don't be unwilling to give or of necessity. For God loveth a cheerful giver. So he says, when you give, because somebody told you, if you don't give, you're going to hell, now you're giving because you think it's necessary for you not to go to hell. Or you start giving because somebody says, well, the reason why you ain't blessed is because you ain't giving. And now you start giving because you feel like it's necessary in order for you to be blessed. He says, do not give out of necessity. And for most of the church, including myself, we've all been trained in giving because it was necessary to get blessed and it was necessary not to go to hell. You know how the preachers say, some of y'all going to go to hell by 12 o'clock because you ain't giving. No, 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 no. I don't give because it's necessary for me to get blessed. Jesus has already blessed me, and I received that by faith, and I'm giving because of what he has already done to worship him and to thank him and to give gratitude to him for what he's already done. Some of you guys are moved by benefits and not moved by relationship. Keep seeking God for what you can get out of him and not because you want to know him. I want God. Amen. Take away the car, take away the house. As long as I have God and I'm still the righteousness of God, I'm still rich. As long as I'm, I got God and I'm born again, I'm still rich. I'm rich in God. That's what I want to be rich in. I want to be rich in my relationship with God. Money is the lowest asset in the kingdom of God, and you're seeking the lowest asset. The greatest asset is a relationship with God where you can walk in your peace all day long because you know that it's already done and it's already taken care of. Proverbs 3 and 9, Honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruit of all thine increase. So shall your barns be filled with plenty. Your precious shall burst out with new wine. Somebody says, see there, Brother Dollar, honor the Lord with your spiritual substance. Go to the Amplified. Ain't no spiritual. Every time you see something because you don't have a relationship with God, you try to turn it into spiritual. And you ain't doing it with the spiritual part. I'm telling you that this is not what it's talking about. It's talking about how can you honor and thank a God who has magnificently blessed you in this physical world and you ain't said thank you yet. He said, honor the Lord with your capital. That ain't spiritual. <laughs> Try to call the water company and pay some spiritual amens for your water bill that month. <laughs> pay your car note with some spiritual car note. <laughs> All right, so let's define worship. What is it? Let's define worship, and is it true what you're saying? Can you prove what you're saying? Well, worship 
can be described as an expression of devotion and love from the creation, that would be us, to the creator, that would be God. It is what comes from you to him as a gift, and you're not expecting anything back from him. It's, Lord, I worship you. I'm expressing my love and devotion, and it is something that's coming from me to you. Wow. From, because you, you, we all have to admit it. Most Christian relationship is all about what I can get from him to me. It's all about what can I get from him to me. And I think what has happened is, is we have drastically confused the essence of our relationship with God with the benefits. And we're no longer after God. We're after what he can do for us. We're after what the Lord can do for us. The whole thing. Christianity is about a relationship. It's not, it's not a it's not about what you can get from him, but that's all it is. It's all about, and if God doesn't, anytime you seek the benefits over the essence of relationship, you know, I use the illustration with my wife. I'm glad I didn't marry her just for the benefits because what would happen if I marry her and, and some kind of, you know, God forbid, injury or something happens and I'm no, I'm no longer able to hold her hand, I'm no longer able to have sex with her, I'm no longer able to, to, to reap the benefits of the relationship. If I sought her just for the benefits, then that relationship's probably over with. But I didn't come together with her just for the benefits. I want to be with her. Like I told you before, she's not one of the women I could live with, eeny, meeny, miny, moe. She was the one I can't live without. You understand what I'm saying? Get the one you can't live without. And I just want to be with her. So anything happen, I'm there. I'm still there. I'm still there without the benefits because the benefits it wasn't my motivation in the first place. It was the essence of the relationship that was my motivation in the first place. Well, it's the same thing where God is concerned. What was your motivation for becoming a Christian? What was your motivation for having a relationship with God? Was it because he could bless you with a house or bless you with a car or he could bless you with money or he could heal you or he could deliver you? What was the motivation behind why you became a Christian? See, I'm like the Apostle Paul. It's none of those things. It's not benefit-driven. It's the intimacy of knowing him. It's the intimacy of knowing that because of him, I've been made righteous. Because of him, I'm delivered up out of a ditch. Because of him, I'm born again and I'm saved and heaven's my home. It's because of him. I have a relationship with him. So when I die and, and, I, and, I, and I walk right past him, I know who he is. I don't want to seek him for the benefits. And then when I die, I don't even know who he is. I have no idea who it is. I don't know if it was, you know that was Jesus. I don't know if it was Jesus. <laughs> but most Christians in the body of Christ are benefit-driven. People join the church because they're benefit-driven. They're not joining because, oh, it's an opportunity for me to know God more. They're joining because, hmm, let me see what I can get out of this. Hmm, I got a business. Let me see if I can use a church. All the wrong reasons. And so likewise, if you'll get an intimate relationship with the Lord God, you won't have to sit there and, and negotiate with whether or not you're going to, to, to be blessed. It happens because of the relationship. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to hear more messages from encouraging speakers that air on Miracle Channel and Corco. Rate this podcast and write a review if you haven't already. 
and share this message so others can be encouraged by this teaching too. We hope you were inspired by today's message. God bless.